0: You're listening to a podcast from Blogging Heads TV. Hi, Mickey.
1: Hey, Bob. I thought we'd start with a little test of your pop cultural knowledge. That's always you, fun. You've got a guitar there, Mickey. Yes, and i I don't think I play it well enough to trigger the the uh, YouTube copyright. I think you're away from that. I wouldn't worry that about if, that. If if there are any if there are any seven notes that would trigger it, no matter who plays it, these are the seven notes. And what are they?
0: And I'm going to name that tune? Yes. I don't think you have to worry about triggering the algorithm, Mickey. Um, I don't think you have to even worry about uh triggering in my brain a a, a, a real real recognition. I'd try it one more time, uh, and I don't mean this in a mean way, but you know make it sound good. That's not seven notes. see, I think the microphone is not picking it. maybe you should stand up, do a little you know do a little uh elvis what do you body mean language. That, what in the microphone's not picking up. Well, One, I, I'm not hearing two,
1: seven
0: notes. I don't know. Okay, Bob, it's not Wichita Lineman, right? No, but you're shockingly close. Um, is it a Glenn Campbell song?
1: Is it no. a Jimmy Webb song? No, it's a song by. It, it is. It the seven notes are famous because it's become a soccer anthem worldwide. Like, if you go, uh, crowds will chant these seven notes, okay? Okay. Uh, it's a song called uh, Seven Nation Army by Jack White of the White Stripes. Hmm. It won a Grammy as best song of the year. It's a pretty good song, uh, but it does mention a town. There is an American town that is mentioned
0: in it. And you can guess what that town is. I think that would probably consume the rest of this hour. if I just went town by town through America, I think that would you're 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 honing in on it, Bob Dodge city Leavenworth Close. did you know did you know I was conceived in Leavenworth? interesting <laughs> fact is, is this like a— born in Oklahoma you talk about middle American I mean I don't want to change the subject here, but you talk about a middle American guy.
1: Uh, that's you are you are incredibly close, Bob. Why are you veering off into Dodge City? Oh, that's not far away. Lawrence, either. Kansas. Close,
0: K- Kinsley, Kansas. Have you been to Kinsley, Kansas?
1: I haven't been to Kinsley, Kansas. I have. Why, you, you know what? You know like,
0: what? One of its distinguishing features is it's not named after Mike Kinsley, but it is exactly halfway to the mile between the two coasts on IH. I'm not even sure it's an interstate. Anyway, I thought um, that was Hayes, Kansas. Well, there can be more than one of these, uh, such town. Yes. But, but. Uh, Anyway, but, uh, but Bob, Bob, you were so close. Wichita Falls? Texas?
1: Why, 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 you were, you had victory in your
0: grasp and you. Wait, it's not Wichita Falls? No. It is Wichita? Is it Wichita? Yes. Well, I said Wichita. I already get credit for that. I don't think you said Wichita. I said Wichita lineman. (laughs) Right. That's where you got close. Oh geez,
1: this is like uh, so anyway. devious okay. and unfair. Okay, okay. The uh, the fact that you wouldn't know one of the most famous songs in the world shows how uh, deeply immersed in your studies you are. But um, I are was in get-
0: Wichita. I was in Wichita for four days being ill. That's why remember. Wichita lineman was on my mind. Yes, yeah. I know you uh, were. And by and- the way, did you did you know? Like the when people found out that you weren't going to be with me last Friday, did you note on the internet the the uh, the widespread lamentation, the rending of garments? Did you see that? I, I saw a bit of it. Seriously, I, I, I didn't there's a dare, lot, of, lot of thoughts and prayers. I did not dare look you. at
1: the at the no doubt uh, wonderful solo podcast you did because I'm sure. I was a little worried that you might say something that would tick me off, although
0: I doubt you I think did, I did but, say one thing, so you might as well not. It's not about you, but I think I may have said one thing. Uh, it's not about me? Why would it tick me off if it's not about me, then? Mickey, there are things all over the world that you Did tick you come you off. out for the refundable tax credit? None of your beeswax. Um, uh, you'll have to listen to it if you want to know. I guess I'll listen to it. I bet I can figure it out.
1: Anyway, I was in Wichita, and I had a couple of observations about Wichita. One mm-hmm. is... Uh, uh, everybody there was very nice and very competent. I went to the emergency room. Everybody was nice, and then the, this somewhat imperious doctor came in at, to give the final verdict, uh-huh. which was that I had food poisoning, and uh, uh, from a uh, from a Whopper I ate in St. Louis.
0: You were, and, hey, wait. Can can I just? I will tell you one thing I said on 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 the podcast because it is laugh out loud funny. I said. Apparently, Mickey ate something that disagrees with him, which gives it something in common with me. How funny is that? People are like, funny. Bob, can I pay? I shouldn't get this for free. This is so funny. Can I pay you? I yeah. said, no. Send the money to Mickey with oh, your thoughts um, and prayers. Anyway, the, so the doctor, I'm
1: telling a story here. The doctor Pardon walks him. in and, 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 and instead of diagnosing me, he says, what do you do? And I said, well, I do a, a podcast. And he goes, I have a podcast too. <laughs> well, <laughs> but I don't think
0: but then he that, is a, that, is, don't, a man, that don't, is a man bites dog story. If he said, I don't, I don't have a podcast, that I, would have been news. He was he was Chinese. And his
1: podcast was about being an emergency room doctor. And he said, and I don't think podcasts should be over 20 minutes. Nobody can watch. Nobody can listen to more than 20 minutes. Does he know about Joe Rogan? I, I, I may have brought up Joe Rogan. Anyway, I didn't want to piss this guy off.
0: No, uh, never never piss off your uh,
1: The second thing is, I didn't... For the first time in my life, I got this sense in an American town filled with wonderful people who seemed totally on the ball and enjoying themselves. I didn't know what, what why this fucking town was there, what they were doing with their lives, how they got any meaning. And I've learned that Wichita has, has meaning. It was a railhead for the cattle drives. It It is the center of the Koch brothers empire Mm. and it's a center of uh airplane building although Boeing has pulled out his subcontractors are still there so Boeing Cessna Beechcraft Airbus they all have who started that
0: what was the first big airplane company there I think it was
1: the Cessna or one of the Mm. one of one of those Learjet was there Uh, Mm. uh, Bombardier is there I mean they all they're all there and so it actually makes things unlike you know, what we complain about American towns is not entirely devoted to healthcare
0: and, you know- Although in your case, that was the the key industry. Where? Although in your case, that was the key industry while you were in Wichita. Yes, it was very important. Anyway, I I just
1: got, I got the sense of, you know, I, I, I was in a particularly sterile part of town, which is not very attractive and sort of has a bunch of swamps and strip malls and new developments. And it's just very sterile. And I thought- if I were here, a uh, the internet would have been a huge revolution. In other words, previously you were stuck in a small town. It just hit me. By God, on this thing, I can go anywhere. I can engage in any perversion I want. I can talk to people all over the world. I can find all all this shit. I can be completely divorced from my surroundings. Mm-hmm. So the internet would just be gigantic in this town like that. And the second thing is uh, uh, I would get the hell out as soon as I could. <laughs> uh so, uh, um,
0: you're not sounding like a very loyal Trumpist here. I mean, this is these are your people. No, this these is Middle disloyal thoughts.
1: These were disloyal thoughts. You should feel um, bad.
0: Anyway, um, those are my thoughts on on Wichita. Uh, well, I have only love and respect for Wichita. Uh, I may, good. I mean, I may, I'm not trying to start, you know, whoring for the parrot room this early in the podcast, but I may sing a few a few bars of uh, Wichita linemen in the parrot room at slash parrot room. It's a possibility. I'm not um, guaranteeing it. Possibility.
1: there there was um speaking of the and i might might as well make this point there's a um while i was driving away from wichita there was a a a thing about a a, about a new film called we're all going to the world's fair about somebody who gets involved in an internet conspiracy sort of mumbo jumbo where she has to chant three see i'm going to the world's fair three times and weird things are supposed to happen and the filmmaker seemed very intelligent and it seemed like a good film until, of course, it came out that the film was really about his uh, experience transitioning. Uh, and uh, You're, you're I,
0: moving back toward your Trumpist identity yeah, well, here. Well, this, is, this is getting I better. Mean, there,
1: there's an education guy who often comments on my Twitter feed called Ed Realist. And he says the, the thing about trans kids is any teacher will tell you. They're the smartest kids in the class. Hmm. Uh, and so there are a lot of creative trans kids out there, which is great. This film sounded very good. But why is it always about their experience transitioning? It's like, it's like transcendental al- meditation is great. It gives you a lot of energy, but they use it to, uh, you know, to, to hook other people on transcendental al- meditation instead of doing other things. Uh
0: so what, you mean and- they should talk about how great it is now that they've transitioned, rather than the trauma of trans- transition? They should, they should ignore the transition. They
1: are what they are. Fine, great. They should try to do other things like like everybody else. It's like it's like immigrants think the most important thing is they're caught between two worlds. Bob, they don't know. Are they, they feel the pull of home and the pull of America and their two identities? Okay, we get it. We've heard that a million times before. Is there any I don't want. I don't want to know more about gender trans. Uh, Dysphoria. I mean, fine, great. But you know, do is, do something about you know the the crisis of homelessness or something.
0: Is there any chance you're overgeneralizing when you start a sentence with the word immigrants and don't call, don't modify it? Maybe if not all immigrants to NPR, are like. NPR,
1: every other story is well, it is true. The, that, li- the life of immigrants, and how they're caught between two worlds. I'm well, sorry. no, no. Every other story
0: is an identity politics story on NPR. That is true. In fact, sixty percent maybe, but okay, uh, and half of those are about immigrants torn between. Not two worlds. true. A, a lot are about transitioning or. Or, uh this uh, or that but it, I I, I mean you know what's what's this is just the phase that publicity about transitioning is in I mean they they feel they're still struggling uh to be respected and to have full rights and so that's what the the conversation is about I don't think they're trying to use assume they're trying to win recruits why would they try to win recruits they're they're, no, they're, 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 they're just they're trying to they're trying to win empathy.
1: They're being like singer-songwriters and writing about themselves and their feelings and their, but but why do you have to put them on NPR? And okay, that's one song. How about the ten other songs? Like, there's a very good, uh, very good punk band called Against Me. Mm -hmm. I like them when the gruff macho lead singer, uh, you know, you could barely understand a word, and I like him now, but when the gruff lead singer is a woman who's constantly interviewed on NPR about her life as a as a trans yeah. trans woman. And, th- you know, she's a great
0: performer. Why doesn't she sing some other songs? You know, I don't yeah. know. I was wondering about that. I mean, I, I, I do think that if you turn on NPR randomly, the chances are at least 50-50 that it will be an identity politics story. Um, And I was wondering, like, Is it is that really working with their demographic? It may be. Or is it that, you know, there's funding from the Ford Foundation and so on, and that's high on their agenda or or what? I I don't know the answer. And it's naturally what the people who go work for NPR care about. I don't know. It's an
1: interesting question. It seems to me NPR has gotten. Dramatically worse over the last 10
0: years. And I still well, there's listen certainly to them stuck this? in the car. There's certainly more of this. I, whether it's better or worse, your mileage may vary, but there's definitely way more of this than 10 years ago in NPR. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just think it's it's become boring and I mean, nobody when, was even, t- I mean, some of these uh, identity issues weren't even, nobody was talking about transitioning 10 years ago, just about. That's just, that's just, you know, uh, yeah. um, a new topic of conversation. It may,
1: it may be like Netflix, like one day they wake up and boom, they have no audience. I don't know. Could be. Right. Um, uh, anyway, this is not one of those weeks when we are, are going to be scrambling for things to talk about. So much is happening. French election.
0: Uh,
1: are you, are you Le Pen, four, are Le Pen you, is gaining. I, no, I want Macron. I want
0: Macron to win. Is that, how can that be true? How can you be a real Trumpist and want Macron to win? Uh, Le Pen has a whole lot of baggage. I would not say- Not compared to, didn't didn't Zemmour have more? That's why they called him No, Zemmour, I think Le Pen has more-, more baggage. Uh,
1: more baggage from the Le Pen family and Vichy.
0: Uh, Z- Zemmour has some baggage. but well, that's these, family baggage, but she's well, like, she doesn't want to get out of the dynasty. EU. Now, she does want to ban the wearing of headscarves, which many Muslim women do. Some, some people say she wa- uh, wants to get out. Of, I, I, I
1: wouldn't bother me if she wanted to get out of the EU. That's fine. She wants to, it's, it's charged that she wants various border controls that amount to defying the EU. But I just I just don't want to deal with her mishigas and Macron, unlike American politicians, at least attempts to accommodate uh, uh, immigration control sentiment. Mm-hmm. He hasn't done very well at it, but he admitted he hadn't done very well and he vows to do better in the future as more than Joe Biden does. So uh, uh, what's so terrible about Macron?
0: I don't, ke- nope. I don't know. I don't keep up with this, the, but the I other- thought the whole point of Marine Le Pen was that she had dropped all the baggage that her father had. But maybe not. She dropped not a lot alive. of the baggage, but
1: but you know she still us. she still us, a little bit of Putin baggage, and she you know I don't know. I, I, I don't, why do we have to deal with this? I don't want to deal with her transition into from from being on the crazy right to being on the normal right. I don't. So like, you're just against
0: transition. in This is in about general.
1: transitioning. Right. Um, I I don't know enough about the leftist. He might have been interesting. The one who he only finished one percentage point behind. Uh, Le Pen and and bizarrely, you know, there were no calls for a recount. There were no conspiracy theories about how he'd really gotten 2%. So he was a a percent ahead of her. He just accepted the result, which was impressive. Um, uh, So I know that's my line on there was this incredible poll out that showed that Le Pen is sort of basically losing uh, sort of 55-45 among every category. Except people t- aged twenty to thirty-four, where she is winning sixty to forty. Mm. Unbelievable! Like wh- what happened to this generation? I guess those are the millennials that made them all into far-right ultra-nationalists. I don't know.
0: It's well, it's shocking. interesting that a candidate like Le Pen, who is so close to saying "screw Ukraine," I mean, she's not saying that, but she's about as close as you could. Get is uh, still has a whole lot of support. I mean, she lost the last last election by like thirty points, and now in the polls, she's like six points behind or something, right? Uh, the uh, the the Macron I am
1: fighting for Ukraine strategy does not seem to have paid dividends. Uh, the voters don't care that much about Ukraine. There's um there's also some evidence that the Chancellor of Germany is shifting against Ukraine, at least when it comes to sacrificing his lucrative his uh, sorry, not lucrative, but his important oil deals. He, uh, you you suppo- mean Germany,
0: Germany's important oil deals?
1: Supposedly he gave Zelensky not an ultimatum, but he sort of made a d- demand of Zelensky recently what, that just like, came out. Like, can we wrap this war up or what? <laughs> Basically, yes. Uh-huh. Uh, and um, so there's that. The, uh, he, I don't think he's there is a there are there is a big split in Germany between his party and his coalition partners
0: who are more pro Ukraine than he is. Uh, anyway. Uh so what's your take on Ukraine at the moment? Was, um
1: I was heartened to see that Zelensky met with American embassies, Jeffrey emissaries Jeffrey Goldberg and Ann Applebaum. That always warms uh, my heart. Uh I um I I I I guess I had seen that, yeah the um the, the 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 dividing line between the hawks and the doves has become clear that it, with Trump's statement, which was basically a very sensible statement was as if you had written it for him saying uh i think saying you know we should we should basically wrap this war up with a settlement as quickly as possible to save lives and then you have the uh the the hawkish position which is uh uh no we shouldn't we should uh you know let let's humiliate Putin some more uh and let's not give him any concessions that he could that w- would produce an ugly settlement that he, where he could claim to have saved face and then there are then there's this other lead motif which which uh one of our listeners I don't should I mention his name I don't know it depends on what it is <laughs> well no, I shouldn't he's a uh, he, he's a priest and he 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 us I, under this, I, I know he's this, talking this, about cons- this conspiracy theory, which does not seem completely implausible, that we really wanted this war to happen and we closed off options for uh, Zelensky making concessions about NATO and and enforcing the Minsk Accords that, uh, that basically sort of ge- radically increased the possibility of the war. And he, th- this this, uh, this Swiss observer, who you clued me into, I, l- I read his article and listened to part of his podcast, says that not only that, but there were massacres in the Donbass that we haven't heard about by the Ukrainian side against the other side, and that z- this has been in the press, that Zelensky is under incredible pressure from his right not to make any concessions. Uh, they killed a negotiator who was who was considered too friendly to Russia. Uh and so he, there's an actual he, physical threat that goes, on with, goes along with that.
0: Yeah, he was actually on the Ukrainian negotiating team in the yeah. opening days of the war, and then he turned up dead. And I guess the presumption is Azov, the Azov Brigade killed him or somebody. I don't know. but um, So that, that implies
1: that uh, it was it was more than just uh, not, in, not enforcing the Minsk Accords, that mm-hmm. there was an actual... I, I really, assume they we, thought... We he, really wanted this war, and I would believe that Victoria Nuland really, really wanted this war. So go ahead.
0: Uh, I, I I was assuming that they had thought that guy, the guy who turned up dead, and more than one has turned up dead, but that they thought he was an actual collaborator. But I I don't I can't believe that he just seemed a little too squishy one day and they killed him. I don't I don't know. But uh, the the um, uh yeah, I I mean there's a I, I want to talk about some of this stuff in the parent room because I I went down the 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 rabbit hole pretty big time and 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 it led among other places to Victoria Newland, uh. It also, uh, it led, did you, did you see this hashtag? Let me see if I can find it. The guy guy's last name is Lira. What was it? It was, oh, Gonzalo Lira. Oh, Coach Red Pill. I guess. Yeah. Anyway, it's, he was missing and thought dead. They they thought the Azov Brigade. Yeah, but he's back.
1: He's back. Oh, okay. The Azov Brigade <laughs> did not kill him. That's just like me. That was my stunt too. It was like you. for a weekend.
0: Right. And here I am. Right. Uh, the uh, Works every time. So anyway, I want um, to and the Scott Ritter rabbit hole and all. There's a lot of but, rabbit holes that went but down. The basic, but, yeah. The basic thing is the Trump position,
1: which is your position, which I assume is the J.D. Vance position also, is in my position versus the Ann Applebaum, Jeff Goldberg, Atlantic, Victoria Noodle position, which is more war until we do more damage to Putin, whatever the risks of escalation in nuclear Well, that seems mm-hmm. the clear dividing line now.
0: Yeah, I mean, and my with, position, with Trump. because I do take international law seriously, hate to see Russia get away with violating it. My ideal scenario would be they actually get pushed all the way out of Ukraine quick and peace magically prevails. I just don't see how that happens. I, I agree with probably you and a lot of people that and and, and uh, by the way, I, I David Ignatius actually signed on to this formulation, kind of in a column, which is interesting because he's so dependent on national security sources. You know, he's a Washington Post columnist that I wondered if this if this point was almost being floated by the Biden administration. But he he made a point that I've been thinking for some time, which is that uh, if Putin doesn't go ahead and secure the entirety of Luhansk and Donetsk. In other words, if they don't make progress uh, on the battlefield, that could be a very dangerous world. Uh, because, you know, politically, that puts him, I think, in a real pickle. If he doesn't even, uh, you know, meet these initially stated war aims of securing the, you know, the, the sovereignty or whatever it turns out to be of these two republics. I mean, Is I just. Understand- this... Yeah, go ahead. Uh, isn't it a heartening sign that he's not,
1: uh, not he's letting all the Ukrainians stay in this steel plant where they're hauled up in Myropol or whatever the name of the city is, and he's declaring victory? We want him to declare victory.
0: Well, we do, but that's a case where he doesn't have much in the way of alternatives. That was actually built during the Soviet era. The the, the bunkers they are in was yeah. built to withstand nuclear attack. it is a multi-level <laughs> it was this is what you, this it. is what you learn if you listen to Russians with attitude. I'm telling you folks this is as okay. good as listening to Steve Bannon in terms of getting stuff you wouldn't hear otherwise. Um, no it, it's a real it, I, I think it has seven levels. I mean if it were in working order, they could, you know, and well-stocked, they could say it has it has power generation and so on. Now, I assume it's not in good working order. They're running out of food. It's a complete nightmare down there. There are at least hundreds of civilians, I think, and at least hundreds of fighters. So it's got to be very grim down there, but um, it's very hard to dislodge them. We're talking about several square miles and they the, the Russian army, I don't think the military has a bomb that would do the job, even if they wanted... Uh, the grief of killing all these civilians. So, I mean, I heard they were, uh, you know, uh, in fact, you know, I heard they were, uh, the Russians with Attitude guys a couple weeks ago were saying they were thinking about flooding it. You know, I mean, that's how hard it is. Not not only is uh, it this this huge bunker,
1: it also makes steel.
0: Well, it's a steel plant, (laughs) but apparently during Soviet times, they decided to turn it into a place where you presumably would send elites and important people in huh. the event, I mean, it, it'll hold, you know, I think a couple thousand people. Huh. I mean, like comfortably and uh, it's big and it's deep. And and so, look, they've got the Russians have de facto control of Mariupol. It's not like there's something fundamental they want to do. that They can't do so long as these guys are in there, I don't think. Yeah. But they would like to be able to declare complete victory. So I think that is the reason Okay. Uh, Putin is holding off there. He, he doesn't probably doesn't want to. Kill hundreds of civilians, even if he could get them out, the soldiers out that way. And I'm not sure he can. Um, But on the other on the other thing, um, you know, I do think I I mean, I have this weird conflict when I'm processing news from Ukraine. It's like I, I check each day's news. The Russians haven't made advances in Donbass. I feel I feel good, you know, just instinctively or. Ukraine has even made some advance. I feel good instinctively, but then I think, wait a second, it may well be that the best thing for the world and for Ukraine and for Russia actually is to go ahead for Russia to get what gains they're going to get. And then Putin can call it a day. Now, the one caveat is if it were too easy, like if he just immediately pushed to the, to the full extent of those two uh, provinces, he might be tempted to go further. And in fact, there was some, military commander today, Russian military commander, whose words are being construed as meaning that they're expanding their aspirations, want to take Odessa. I saw a a credible claim online that people are misinterpreting what he said. But in any event, I think there is the danger that if this was too easy for Russia, they wouldn't stop. But it seems to me that with all the weapons we're sending over there, it's not going to be a cakewalk and it's certainly not going to look like it would be a cakewalk. to get all the way to,
1: say, the Dnieper River or whatever. To to listen to this Swiss guy, and I want to know what you thought of him. Everything is going swimmingly for Putin. He didn't really want to take Kiev. Uh, All he cared about was the Donbass, and he's going to succeed there. He's going to trap the Ukrainian army in this little enclave Mm. and and slowly decimate them. Uh, He didn't seem crazy or a stooge, like Mm. right off the top of my head. I didn't say this guy's a fool.
0: No, they're, 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 this he is, a, is a school of thought. He is a conspiracist. And, I mean, the other guy uh, who sings his tune is, is Scott Ritter. I mean, there are a number of people who will say, look, Russia's already won, uh, like uh, that David McGregor guy says that, but I'm not sure what he means by it. Scott, Scott Ritter has predicted that uh, maybe a week, 10 days ago, in fact, on a podcast with Gonzalo Lira, as the interlocutor, the, the resurfaced, not dead, Gonzalo Lira, um, Scott Ritter said uh, Zelensky's going to wind up surrendering his entire military to Putin, the Russians are going to punch through and head as far west as they want to go, and so on. So uh, he's made a clear prediction, and that's certainly not not the consensus but uh and and I just think if you look at the amazing amount of armaments we're sending them, once that stuff all gets there, I mean they better, and this is one reason I think the Russians are kind of hurrying. Some people say they're not really prepared to launch this offensive, but I think they've seen what's coming through the pipeline, and they're like, We better, we better get while the all the getting's good. The uh, other,
1: but the other, the major factor against Zelensky at the moment is uh People are are stopping paying attention to this war in the United States very rapidly. The uh, the uh, Filer Faster principle is is coming into <laughs> effect, and I think it barely made like like one of my news summaries the other day is like mm-hmm. there's nothing about Ukraine, nothing happened in Ukraine. Uh, people don't care about Ukraine; they care more about uh, you know Ron DeSantis and Walt Disney and Elon Musk and Twitter and uh, you know whatever the fate of the Democrats is, McCarthy in January 6th, uh, and Ukraine is being pushed off the front page.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's partly because we've shifted into a part of the war where I think it's going to be very incremental and slow gains, no big stories. That's one reason, I mean, the media is so fo- focused on Mariupol, and I'm sorry, I mean, that just... It's not that interesting to me. I, it's pretty clear what, you know, what the situation is there. That's not where the, you know, and the media is even acting as if, you know, will Mariupol fall, you know, like it's a really important city. Folks, it's fallen. It's it's done. And 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 they're trying to make that seem like this big story because it seems more dramatic than the genuinely important stuff, which is happening in the Donbass. But you may be right that, I, I don't know, I, I'm thinking that, that interest will uh, pick up. Once it becomes clear what's going on in the Donbass, we'll see. I I, I think there are definitely going to be some big, dramatic twists and turns ahead. I Um,
1: know. uh, And, uh, okay, but so, um, by the way, you have to, uh, have you claimed Noam Chomsky in your camp?
0: You know, I've never been a really close Chomsky follower. His view of foreign policy has some things in common with mine. In fact, I've moved in his direction over time, I think, and as I've grown older and more cynical, why? why? Uh, wh- no, cause it's just because he is, he, you know, he, there was
1: an interview with him on some some side, was it Matt Taibbi? I think it was, where he basically said, look, we can try for a negotiated solution or we can pursue this, uh, you know, crank it up and try to get rid of Putin's strategy. And he was he was for the former as as are you as are Trump, Trump yeah. and Chomsky together again, and I think you should also you owe an apology to J.D. Vance. He showed up at at, at some sort of peacenik conservative convention, uh, presumably saying various anti blob like things. You also said he was doomed, by the way, and in fact it looks that's, like he might well win. That's what I owe the apology for. If he if he wins, I owe him an apology. Okay. I thought you were going to make me go back and find the clip where you said he was toast. Yeah. No, and,
0: and I will give the apology in advance. Uh, okay. Um, uh, by, 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 the, uh, uh, by the way, I, we, you know, we shouldn't overlook the fact that Russia has made very significant gains. beyond. Although they haven't yet taken all of Donetsk and, and Luhansk, uh, if you look at the territory they occupy north of there and south of there, They've got their land bridge to Crimea, which is important for a lot of reasons, one of which is that Ukraine had cut off the water supply to Ukraine and uh, to uh, Crimea. And I think now that problem's solved. But um, they, they, they have, uh, I mean, that's the thing. Putin can already talk about very substantial gains, uh, even if he doesn't uh, fill out Donetsk and Luhansk. But I think he... Uh, Probably feels very much he needs the whole provinces politically. What
1: one, um, a couple of problems with this. Uh, this uh, this Putin is rational. He has limited aims. We we sort of, not we forced him into this, but we provoked him. And uh, uh, that theory is it's hard to first it's hard to dovetail with that crazy speech he gave about how Ukraine was never a country. Uh, do you agree that that's it's hard to. It's it's hard to, to well, it's hard to reconcile the very precise view this Swiss strategist had of what what Putin's calculations were. You know, he wanted to enforce the Minsk Accords, et cetera, et cetera, uh, with with the grandiose. You know, Ukraine should was never a country to begin with.
0: Uh, talk. And, well, it, I don't I don't know. I mean. The uh, Remember, that's the same speech where uh, people like Julia Yoffe, Josh Marshall, says, said he barely mentioned NATO, and I counted the number of references to NATO, and there were literally 40. He really got animated about it, <laughs> and it became clear that he, he, it isn't just NATO expansion per se. It's the fact that all the arms and trainers and so on in Ukraine already amounted to de facto it being a de facto NATO Outpost. I mean, you know, he, yeah, he he definitely is animated by other ideas aside from from just this, the security considerations. But um that doesn't that doesn't mean, I mean, remember, whenever anybody decides to go to war, they start coming up with all these reasons, and some of them may be, you know, actually deeply felt. But that doesn't mean that those reasons by themselves Ah uh, would have pushed them into war, and uh, you know, and and I also think the other thing I'll I'd say is his the overall state of mind that you saw there that he's aggrieved, Russia's not getting any respect, you know, the West is uh, is relentlessly oppressing Russia and so on. Um, I think that is a state of mind that had built up over the years, partly because of a series of features of American policy, including the NATO thing, but not only that. I mean, uh, I think you can make a very strong case that uh, that that happened, and you know, presidents were warned. They were What's warned it? that everyone in the Russian elite considered Ukraine critical, and they were warned that Putin has a chip on his shoulder respect matters and on and on all the warnings are there on Fiona Fiona Hill who I don't know
1: what you think of her I think she has a lot to answer for but um uh she claims to have directly warned Obama Mm -hmm. not to diss Putin and Obama just blew her off
0: yeah and and then said kind of insulting things about Putin in public which a president should know enough not to do anyway but uh yeah do you think what's your line on Fiona Hill? Because she also she also warned warned uh, Bush about uh, NATO expansion right. to Ukraine, as did any number of other people. But it seems to me
1: she's done her part in in uh, steering American policy toward you know building up Ukraine into thinking it can get away with things that maybe it's having trouble getting away with. No,
0: I I, I don't I don't really know. I took her to be a Russia hawk when I, when she surfaced during the uh, impeachment. impeachment hearings but right. i i don't maybe i was reading too much into it she's not some kind of big dove but she does understand i think that that uh, nato uh, talking about nato expansion to ukraine was a mistake and that distinguishes her distinguishes her from a lot she, of people in the world She surfaced in the new
1: york times trying to blame it all on trump's weakness in defending ukraine which seems yeah
0: well there i think she's ludicrous. wrong and and i think uh, you know i think we should there's a danger that we're going to misapply the lesson of Ukraine to Taiwan. I mean, in other words, what happened in Ukraine was we started thinking, oh, Ukraine is vulnerable. Let's send them weapons. Let's do this. Let's do that. In retrospect, I think that if anything, accelerated the invasion. I mean, Putin saw the weapons coming in and like, that's a threat. And if they're just going to keep coming in and he wants to stem the threat, you stem it now before you get more weapons. So the idea that, uh, you know, Sending more and more weapons into Taiwan is is will act solely as a deterrent to invasion, and there's no flip side that could be a problem. Is I think very naive. Good point. Your
1: your, your, your embrace of that very sensible Trump statement has been less than wholehearted, but I'll take what I can get. Uh, I didn't read I didn't read the statement, but it was think- shockingly good. It was as if. He, he, he not only not only was it very sensible, it didn't read like a ghost-written statement. Hmm. Actually, read like a simple, plain language, common sense statement. Um, I, 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 I hate to admit that Trump, when Trump doesn't I, at, at, at this point, I want Trump to act crazier and crazier so he's not the nominee. And when he actually says sensible things, it's it's a problem. But he did is say r- sensible things. So, Ron is Come Ron
0: on. DeSantis your your man? Um, He's a, he's the leading. And he hasn't
1: turned me off yet. He's he he's the closest thing to a a, a Trump Trump without Trumps Michigas that uh, on the horizon at the moment. Yes, he seems uh, better than Josh Hawley. Not as <laughs> not as instinctively neoconny as Tom Cotton. And, and even if Katie uh, Vance wins, he'll <laughs> probably be a little early for him to run for president. You know,
0: little. Uh, but I'll tell you, I would. Uh... I guess foreign policy-wise, you tell me, but I would probably prefer Vance to DeSantis, just uh, although there's little evidence about DeSantis, right? Right, but you
1: assume that DeSantis will be susceptible to donors, and Vance has already crossed that bridge. I mean, he is what he is. So uh, I, I think there's a greater... If all you cared about was foreign policy and the blob... There
0: would be some danger with DeSantis. I agree. Plus, I mean, Florida, Florida politics puts you in touch with neocons to begin with. Kind of. I mean, or, or that I, that drift. I guess that's right. Um, and, anyway, but, I, I mean, for a number of reasons, uh, it, you know.
1: I mean, the, in, in in political terms, looking for the alternative on the Democratic side is sort of more interesting at this point than the Republican side. On the Republican the Republican side is either Trump or DeSantis, right? I mean, there are a bunch of other candidates, but. Those are that's sort of the basic choice. So the Democratic side, if you just assume that Biden doesn't run, and and you know his polls are so bad, and it, it, unless the Democrats want to commit suicide and elect Trump, they have to come up with something better. It's hard to see who that better person is. Uh, um, now they could apparently- they could just nominate Ron Klain and eliminate the middleman, but. Uh,
0: now, did did Joe Biden this week? What was the deal? He told Obama he's running again. Was that a story, or did I dream that? No, I, he,
1: that that's a story. I don't know if he told him he's running again, or he told him he's thinking about running again. But uh, but yes, Bill uh, Scheer
0: tweeted: "Biden wants to run, and he's clearly letting everyone know." Said one of the two sources familiar with the conversations between okay. Obama and Biden. He,
1: you know, he has to act now because as soon as they lose Congress then the two thousand knives are out Two four race starts and he wants to discourage people from gearing up to announce the day after that happens. Uh, he's also, he's looking at the worst second half of a term of any president ever, because he's not forceful yet. He won't control the Congress and there'll be the constant drums beating for him to leave. And he, he has to, you know, he desperately has to stop from being the world's lamest duck this last two years. Uh, so he has to he has to say what he what he wants to say and he has you know that doesn't mean it's still going to be what he's saying 6 months from now uh, so uh, i'm i take it all with a grain of salt he mm-hmm. he, he would love to stick it to obama cuz obama screwed him of
0: course wait but i thought obama didn't obama help him get the nomination how did obama
1: he promoted hillary over him he made a very conscious decision after in 2016 to in 2016 Tell Biden to stand back. I'm for Hillary, and it was sort of rude. But I've always it was completely wrong. You know, Obama was completely wrong and plunged the country into chaos from his point of view. Yeah, Biden
0: could have beaten Trump, I think. But but the uh, uh, the first time around. But but I think my impression was that Obama swooped down and helped Biden wrest the nomination from Bernie Sanders. I always thought Obama well, was making be. phone calls furiously. Ooh, that that could be, but that's 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 uh, if you're the type to hold
1: grudges you would remember the first slight and
0: maybe mm-hmm.
1: not thinking you owed Obama because of the second one um anyway it's um I don't know who that person would be
0: the Democratic nominee
1: I mean I I, I was trying you know I've tried tr- I've been trying to beat the Tom Toms of doom uh, against Ron Klein just on, on just on the not were you not, talking not, about
0: as a candidate, Ron Klain as no, a
1: candidate? Just, uh, hear me out. This is a digression mm-hmm. that eventually winds back.
0: Okay. The, uh,
1: just on the grounds that, you know, what, what do you do when you're in a, big, a mess like Biden's in? You get rid of your chief of staff. You have a shake up and that gives you like a slight new lease on life and people take a fresh look and mm-hmm. maybe things will work better with this new chief of staff. Mm-hmm. And who would be the chief of staff? Well, there, there are, you know, it can't be a current politician, but there are. Uh, former Democratic governors, who, are, like Steve Bullock, who are very competent, uh, who you could call on to come in for the last few months of Biden's first half of his first term to, to, to establish some sort of order. And why aren't the, and the question if we're looking at those people for chief of staff, and so far as I know, nobody is, why not also look at those people for, uh, for president, running for president?
0: Bullock is an interesting case. I don't, is that how you pronounce his name? He, he's from, what, Montana? Yeah. Or, yeah. He was this, he was this, uh, crusader during the, uh, what documentary? Oh, the documentary about, uh, Coke money. He came off pretty well in as, 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 you know, smart animated. Um, you like Coke money now, right? I like Coke foreign policy money. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Uh, but no, the, uh, I would, yeah, let's put him back in the, I mean, who else is there?
1: I just think there have, it has to be a broader field than Sherrod Brown with his baggage and Amy Klobuchar who's too small bore and uh, you know Gavin Newsom who's a a a, a douche that way and um, uh, and Hillary who's a retread and Gore who's a retread and Kerry who's a retread. Uh, oh, well, plus, I mean, those people are old. I mean, the average age of all <laughs> they're all yeah. they all they all want to run, Bob. You know that? Oh, please. Maybe Gore, maybe not Gore, but Kerry clearly does, uh, and Hillary. They all does. lost
0: when they were younger. <laughs> I mean, come on.
1: <laughs> well, the voters—they—they ah. they all fantasize that the voters have tr- incredible regrets and they're all ready to to elect them and correct the past mistake. Uh, so, anyway. Uh, People should give more thought to that. Yeah, I guess I guess you crossed Chris Coons off your list, right? You might say.
0: Right. All right. Now, are you talking about how he uh, suggesting that maybe American troops should go over to yes. Ukraine and do he a little? He told fighting? Biden nothing. Will, the only thing that will stop
1: Putin is American troops?
0: Well, he said that on one of the more uh, Sunday talk shows. He didn't tell Biden right. directly, right? I mean, people wondered, people worried, given the fact that that they're, he's friends with Biden, they're both from Delaware, that maybe. This was a trial balloon that the Biden administration endorsed. And when they walked and, and when the and the Biden and the Biden Gensaki didn't didn't give Coons a thorough slap on the wrist. She yeah. said, we have no plans. OK, to send troops. Huh. She, she, she didn't say, no, we're not well, the, sending the troops. Biden administration. But Biden has said we're not sending troops. Right. Himself. OK, but look, that was she didn't. She wasn't freelancing. That was yeah. written down. And there's yeah, a stronger okay. way to say it. Yeah, the um uh, that's
1: a good point. I assume that they're trying to keep it vague. I, I keep remembering something Condi Rice that's, said. That's that's what scares me, but go ahead. I keep uh, the 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 good face on this is I, I remember something Condi Rice said during one of these crises years ago. He said, look, if we put I think we was talking about the, the Baltic states, if we put US troops there, Russia will not invade. It seems irrational, but it works. They will if there are US troops in the country. They will not start a war. And if that was true, it'd be worth having U.S. troops there. If, if that automatically well, wait, but magically... but they've invaded
0: already. It's too late for, for them to be a tripwire. I guess wire. that's right, but there's some... Now, I, I do think this could have been the other interpretation of what Jin Saki said, of her leaving that much room, and of, of this possibly being a trial balloon orchestrated by... Not a trial balloon orchestrated by the administration... But it could have conceivably been a message to Putin. In other words, let's wrap this up. Make sure your aspirations are confined to these two provinces because it could get ugly. That's not impossible that that they were. Yeah, that seems likely even. Well, who knows? Uh, But.
1: uh, As you say, it was written down. You don't say we have no plans. Oh, it was definitely purposely formulated.
0: And it could have meant one of two things. And we've just sketched them out. Yeah. Okay. Um. So, uh,
1: Elon Musk. Elon. I think he's, he's on the A-list, I think. Uh, I, I, I listened to this podcast, the all-in podcast, which is a bunch of Silicon Valley types. Uh-huh. Uh, like, Chamath, and, um, uh... A bunch of people with uh, I think, that, I think there's
0: some ethnic lobby that will get you in trouble with I don't know which one I don't it's know what is the name nationality I'm of sorry is, is it Indian or what
1: he's an Indian yeah okay. I mean he's an Indian he's an American but he's uh, of Indian
0: heritage I believe um, <laughs> I want to keep you talking about this as long as possible because the longer you talk the more likely you are to well, make an even okay. worse mistake well, than you've already made They I, I have two points to make about
1: Musk first they were all saying they expect They immediately focused in on what I think is the key, which is it's all about the Democratic Party retaining control of the political dialogue and they can't let Twitter get out of their hands. So they expect a white knight to come along who's not Elon Musk, but somebody who the Democratic establishment in the Biden White House approves who will then buy Twitter instead of Musk and keep it in Democratic hands. And what's more, They think the only candidates, because who would want to own Twitter? It doesn't make that much money. It's a huge pain in the ass, right? They think the only people who would do that are the big boys, Google, Apple, and that Biden is willing to overlook antitrust concerns Mm. and have Google buy Twitter or have Apple buy Twitter just to thwart Musk. (laughs) Uh, And that was considered a little bit of a paranoid conspiracy theory, but they were all taking it seriously. And I hadn't heard that before, but it makes perfect sense. Well, unless, not, you're Google, unless you're Google or Apple, in which case, what the fuck? But uh,
0: And you wouldn't have to assume they want it to be in Democratic hands. It, it could just be that they're worried about one specific scenario, Elon Musk letting Trump back on Twitter. And they don't want that to happen for a few years. But their point is there's no other hands that it would be in
1: other than... Democratic hands, Google, the But there's, there's nobody who's rich enough to beat out Musk unless you're Google or Apple, Uh Oh, you know, well, they aren't necessarily I mean, democratic they're they're too big to be that but there's, uh, there's Jeff Bezos. there's you know Bezos is an interesting possibility that, that uh, they didn't I, talk about I, Bezos that's a good even point. Bill
0: Gates. I mean, you know if if a couple of these people get together it's it's not hard. and Musk, he says he's got the financing put together, which is good because he himself does not have that much in the way of liquid assets and he doesn't want to you know, but uh anyway
1: then Bezos was an interesting. I mean, I mean, I, was, does he want to get into another direct conflict with Musk? I mean, he, he already is in a conflict about space, and Musk is cleaning his clock there, so he's over over
0: one. Does he want to be over two? I don't know. Um, uh, well, so, maybe he he wants to distract. Uh, he wants to distract Musk. Uh, uh, Musk already has maybe, the contract maybe, to go to the moon. Maybe he he wants to turn Twitter into Musk's Afghanistan. Okay.
1: The the second thing is I realized that the, the you know I was I was trying to find all the studies that show well Twitter isn't biased against conservatives it's again it's biased it amplifies conservatives more than it amplifies liberals and I realized that what what's important for you know I I have a warped perspective it's solipsistic but what's important about Twitter is the political discourse at the top which involves basically all the important mainstream journalists. Uh, and mainstream journalistic institutions. Nobody cares about, you know, car Twitter and country music Twitter and, you know, fashion Twitter. That's not what the issue is. The issue is political Twitter. And there's an asymmetry there, which is the blue check marks are mainly, mainly, you know, mainly mainstream journalists. They're mainly Democrats. Maybe they're centrist left, but they're they're, they're certainly pro-Biden, anti-Trump. And they're happy to talk to themselves, okay? So... They, they, um, what, what, what? But conservatives are desperate to make them listen to some conservative voices. So there's an asymmetry there. They, the conservatives don't control the media. They want cross pollination. The, the, you know, the, the blue checks probably don't mind it, but they, they have no, they know they have no pressing need. So if you're a Twitter and you want to fuck conservatives, what's important is that you keep conservatives siloed in their ghetto. You can amplify them all they want. You can give Ann Coulter 5 million tweets. What you don't want is Ann Coulter being read by uh, Maggie Haberman and Jeremy Peters, although she is, but people like her. Uh, so you want to prevent the, the cross-pollination. Uh, and that's what the algorithm would do that's truly insidious, is stop, stop the, the people on the right from actually talking to the people on the left. But wait, are you uh, It doesn't blue- involve amplification. Are you equating blue
0: check mark with politically blue with Democrat? I think,
1: by and large, blue check mark is is mainly eighty percent Democrat, and it's mainly uh, and it's certainly to the extent that the mainstream it involves people in the mainstream media. The mainstream media is Democratic territory, aside from Fox, uh, the broadcast networks, all the big boys. So, yeah, the answer is yes.
0: I'll bet if you name ten. 10- Prominent conservatives on Twitter nine would have blue check marks, but for sure. Uh, but that's that's but so.
1: So then, how there is five thousand blue check marks? So if you can name nine, if you can, of course okay, people who were prominent then, enough, but that then are j- get would get blue just check from, marks. To, the question is, do they talk to the non-conservative blue check marks who predominantly? Oh, I, I thought you were saying the
0: blue check mark preference by Twitter's algorithm. No. is a way of separating political blue from political red. No. You're not. I'm okay. saying that
1: the important thing, if you look, you know, if you look at it, I would like to see what this algorithm does. And there may be more than one algorithm, and there may be manual interventions by woke Twitterati. Uh, I, 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 I think the most insidious thing it would do would be to separate the right and the left. Because the left owns the media already. And that 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 status quo helps the left retain control. Uh, you, you don't want them to merge. So, the, but the most insidious thing, what would do? The algorithm would do.
0: You mean the algorithm?
1: There is the an whole algorithm. Check, the, whole, the whole thing where blue check marks can exclude anybody other than blue check marks. Yeah. Sort of insulates the the blue check mark people in their own world. Sure, they see John Fund and the and you know and Jordan Peterson and the you know the. The the twenty five other prominent conservatives, but it allows them to talk to each other and 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 prevents them from accidentally seeing something they may disagree with, or that may change their priors. Yeah, example. I
0: mean, it would all depend on on what the correlation is between between political blue and and blue checkmark. I think, yeah. but but the yeah. um, you know, Elon Musk. One thing he wants to do, he says he wants to open source the algorithm, like put it on GitHub. I don't know what exactly he has in mind. I agree that. The algorithm should be more transparent. And I, and I think you should. In fact, I wouldn't mind if Twitter were compelled by regulation to, uh, you know, create an API and and make the algorithm, in effect, accessible to people who wanted to create third party software that becomes like my interface with Twitter and lets me turn the dials this way or that way. If that I would be very or insidious, or though, because everybody will immediately
1: opt to exclude anybody who disagrees with them.
0: I don't know. It depends on, it's a good question. I mean, it depends on the wisdom of people, but, but right now the algorithm depends, in order to be good for society, uh, people would have to be wise given the current algorithm. And we're not wise yeah. enough, apparently. But we already and- have
1: mass blockers, so there'll just be more mass blockers. Um, I don't yeah, know, it well- seems to me that's what, the, the interesting thing that happened is, I, I agree that Musk. Making it transparent and public so that people can see what it does is 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 very important. And if Musk only does that, he will have achieved a lot. And that, that's part of the sort of public utility-like function of Twitter being the public square. But um, uh, in stark contrast to Barack Obama, who, was, who this week in, incredibly stupidly, I think, came out to lead the campaign against disinformation— and part of that, in his, this recent speech he gave in Silicon Valley, was not make the algorithm public, keep the algorithm secret, but have bureaucrats of the government, and they can see the algorithm and recommend changes. Like his analogy was meat packing. If you have some secret uh, meat packing uh, process, you don't have to you don't have to make it public, but you do have to show it to the regulators, who will decide if it's safe. So that's totally insidious. That not only is it secret. But the the government, the permanent government, gets to fuck around with it and make it even worse. Uh, I, that I just that is was,
0: what Obama recommended? Yes. Government regulate as I, as the as algorithm? As far as I read
1: the speech, it's hard to get an actual text of the speech. But from the accounts that I saw, he did make the meatpacking analogy. It's keep it secret and let the government uh, regulate it. So That's the worst of both worlds. The government fucks around with it and makes it more biased against conservatives. And yet uh, it, the public can't see it. Sounds bad. More distrust. Does sound bad. Anyway, so I'm, I'm,
0: uh, I'm embarrassed for Obama. No, that sounds bad. I mean, the other bad thing about that speech was that a Stanford. Yeah, it it gave a chance for him. It gave him a chance to walk into a talk that Michael McFaul was doing, and and allowed Michael McFaul to tweet the picture of Obama walking in to hear his talk, and that of course. <sighs> you know made made it hard for me to sleep that night that was that was a tough that was a tough day for bob <laughs> um the uh okay so uh just can i just whine about uh one thing like the 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 the, the all ten, england tennis lawn club or whatever it's called they are banning russian players from wimbledon just for being russian
1: that's this summer. insane
0: no and and by the way, the number two player in the in the men's world rankings is Russian. Number four female is Russian. but it's just it's it's just, and you know these are exactly the people who, if you ask them, well, why are we helping Ukraine, they'd say we want to support the values of liberal democracy, right? Like, for example, excluding people from things on the basis of their nationality. I thought, I thought they could compete. they just can't compete as as Russians. no, this is worse. That was the Boston. Well, the Boston Marathon said that if they have Russian citizenship or Belarusian citizenship, but they can compete, but only if they don't have Russia as their residency. Uh, and it said if they have it as their citizenship, but not residency, then they can compete, but not under the flag. So that was like semi-bad. This, I think, is even worse. I guess it's not quite as bad as what was being contemplated. The You know, apparently Britain has like an athletics czar or something who was saying earlier that what he thought they should do is only let players play in Wimbledon who are Russian if they have denounced Putin. So it's like that, in a way, is even more illiberal than this. But it's just disgusting. It's just it's just completely. I just uh, words fail me. And and by the way, some of the people who are being excluded uh, from competition have denounced the invasion i assume i
1: assume it's because they want they're looking for an olympics effect they 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 saw that our refusal to participate in the 1980 olympics had a big effect on russia but it, but there's no reason to think that the russian reaction it, when when their number 2 player is denied uh competition at wimbledon is to say well fuck the west they're being assholes even worse
0: Oh, this totally uh,
1: plays into Putin's narrative. Yeah,
0: the world yeah. is against this. It's perfect for him. That's the other thing about these people. Well, why did it, it work with the nineteen eighty Olympics? Well, first of all, that was totally different. It was our athletes who were, if anybody was victims of collective punishment, which right. this, you know, uh, right. it was our athletes. Right. They, they were the ones excluded from participating, and and, and Russia happened to be hosting, I think, right. that year, right? And right. so, right. and so, yeah, it was it was a kind of embarrassing for them, but that's totally different. That was like, and, and this right. is a perfect talking point for this just, These people are so yeah. clueless. Yeah. Um, I endorse your rant. Thank your you. Wine. Thank you. On the positive side, well, no, I don't know. This isn't positive. But Kamala Harris, did you hear her space, uh, her space riff? No. <laughs> she, she gave was it an like her a, time riff? <laughs> she gave an outer space speech. And uh, uh, you got to hear it. She was like, space... Unites us. Space I, connects us.
1: I never click on those things. It's, it's, I, it, this why do was I, good. I I hate cringe. I hate like exposing myself to horrible uh, Kamala things. Kamala cringe is good a, cringe. This is not. No, it's like, like Picaresque. That's why I hate Picaresque novels. They're just like one cringe making you know, and when they're through with one cringe making episode, then they go on to another cringe making episode. uh You know, it's one thing <laughs> after another.
0: Kamala, Don't make me is, watch is, this is uplifting cringe. But anyway, the on the. The, the substantive thing she said is uh, that the U.S. is uh, will, will no longer do anti-satellite weapons tests involving missiles launched from Earth, pointedly leaving open the possibility that we will test missiles launched from platforms in space. But anyway. This is an so we, area where we do, we need actual work in in terms of of controlling weapons in space and 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 uh, sadly nothing she said indicated that we're actually serious about that. Um, MSNBC it? journalist makes it official and joins actually joins the Ukrainian uh Malcolm Nance join why, why the Ukrainian I mean army. I I saw a
1: cringe making clip of his but oh, God. why why is it so terrible if he
0: puts his money where his mouth is I mean, I mean, it's up to him. It's just that, uh, you know, it's kind of, uh, it kind of is consistent with what a lot of people saw as kind of, uh, you know, the American media already being basically, um, you know, uh, in effect, Ukrainian, you know, cheerleaders. Well, or he was
1: pro Ukraine. So, with, uh, I mean, it's better blatant than latent. Um,
0: uh,
1: yeah. But that, I mean, uh, I mean, was George Orwell allowed to go fight in the Spanish Civil War? Yes. So what?
0: Yeah, but Orwell was never uh, a straight news reporter. I think this guy had uh, had purported to be well, a straight news reporter. Oh, but he stopped reporter. being a
1: straight news reporter in, and, and, I don't know. Well, oh, day. yeah, just confirm. Look, it's no
0: big deal. If he was it's wearing an like,
1: MSNBC badge while he was carrying a rifle in the trenches... That would be one thing. But I guess gave the, up no, the, MSNBC the notable bit. thing
0: is just MSNBC is like gung-ho. Like, yeah, there's a great opportunity. We can, get, we can get this great video of him and blah, blah, blah. And the thought does not cross their mind that like, well, is it a little awkward that a guy who we had said was covering this objectively? Of course, they're not really saying that anyway. So never mind. Uh, do you? Well. Mickey, quick New York Times headline I just yeah. came across. Okay, here it is. Kamikaze drones are well-suited to the fight in Ukraine, comma, the manufacturer says just wanted to report that we have a case of a manufacturer suggesting that his product is worth buying although um, i will say i actually think these drones could be very important i've long thought that so they were decisive to, in the armenian conflict these are different these are different kinds it, of drone that's why they're oh, interesting. this is the switchblade is the, the switchblade, about the
1: switchblade? Well, first You're of all, for the switchblade, you should—they should put you on their testimonials.
0: They should. They should. I, I'm well. I'm available to do. You're their uh, biggest fan, but what's yeah. so great about them? Um. Well, it's not totally clear, but I think they're l- much less susceptible to being shot down. The small ones are very small. The ones that can take out like a truck and a few people or something, and the bigger ones. Uh, Are relatively small, I believe, because they're kamikazes. They are the missile. They're not a drone that carries two missiles or four missiles, right? Right. They are the missile. So they're smaller. Are they maneuverable by the operator? Well, that's the thing. In reading this piece, I finally did conclude. I've been trying to figure this out. Can you just send them up? The big ones can go like 30 miles, small ones can go like five miles. Can you just send them up and then look through the camera and point to something and say, do that? And it sounds like you can. Now that. Is big because oh the other thing I mentioned this last you week you can use when you that to here. assassinate
1: world leaders too
0: oh well all these things are scary in that sense I mean the the scary thing is kamikaze drones any I'm sure a lot of techies can make one very easily out of available things that's don't don't you don't want to go there but the um but the other thing is you know the numbers we had heard like they were sending a hundred and now they're sending four hundred. It turns out you multiply that times ten because each one of those is a kit with ten kamikazes in it. So we're we're talking about a lot of these weapons that could now most of them are the small kind, but still uh, you could do a lot of damage. Uh, and and it'll be it'll be interesting to see. I mean, again, I think there's a reason Putin is hurrying, and these um, howitzers, man. You know how many howitzer shells we're sending along with the. We have not been sending long-range howitzers at all. We're now sending them a total of, what, 70, 80 of the howitzers. But you know how many total rounds of artillery we're sending them? Each one of which could, like, do my house? I don't know. 180,000. 180,000 shells. A lot of damage. I assume that under the rules
1: of war, if we have a rail... Car leaving poland with weapons for ukraine he is justified in attacking that 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 shipment in poland oh i don't think he'd do that
0: no i i, don't...
1: I, I, I th- that's not a different question is it, but is it justified under the laws of war
0: well, that's a that's a good question um i mean leaving aside the fact that he's the one who invaded and blah 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 if you're just in a war it'd be
1: like our in, like, like our incursion into cambodia
0: um, I don't know what the answer is, but I don't think he's gonna do that. And I don't think they have the capacity to uh hit moving targets in western Ukraine because they don't have air superiority. So all they can do is lob huge missiles at stationary targets. You um there's a whole lot you think he won't do. So hey, far your track record is mixed. Well, but look, I I said he would invade if we didn't make concessions. We didn't. He did. I said, I didn't think he could uh, successfully occupy Kiev. He hasn't done that. I said, I didn't think he could engineer coherent regime change. He hasn't done that. Now, apparently, he thought he could do those two things. So apparently, I'm Not more of a strategic-
1: guy. Not according to the Swiss guy.
0: Oh, yeah, well, that is the other part of the of the kind of Scott Ritter line that is is that all of this was a feint the The stuff around Kiev, and and I don't buy that. I I think there were definitely hopes of succeeding at Kiev. Wasn't on the, on there the a
1: river that you said he wouldn't cross that he crossed immediately?
0: The Dnieper. Yeah, I believe. the Dnieper. I was wrong. But all the things I was wrong about. Everyone was wrong about. Not me. That's because you didn't say anything. <laughs> Kept my powder dry. So um, we've been, we've been doing this an hour, Mickey.
1: We've covered more topics than I expected, but there's still a bunch of good stuff to go.
0: Well, apparently they will be covered at Patreon.com slash Parrot Room, Mickey. So I'm allowed five of them? I guess. What are they? The feel-good story of of the
1: of, of the month, uh, the, the fate of CNN Plus. Oh, yeah, I meant to talk about uh, that. That's sad. We haven't talked about Disney and DeSantis. We haven't talked about my latest paranoia about the refundable child tax credit and how it might pass. Uh, we haven't talked about... Do I get to veto one of these? I already have a candidate. No. Mm. We haven't talked about uh, the latest example. Why are, why are the natalists also crazy and overexcitable? There's a recent example. And they all refer to this awful movie, Children of Men. Mm. Uh, in, in A weird, interesting dialogue between Mark Andreessen and Elon Musk about about the coming massive censorship, according to Andreessen, and and, uh, and 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 a warning to Bob about things he shouldn't cite at risk of being cancellation canceled. Me?
0: I'm already in hot water on that front. You're going to be in double hot water if you keep citing UNS, the UNS review, Bob. I didn't cite the UNS review.
1: I thought there was some some, somebody you plugged <laughs> who was on the UNS review. I think that... I think that Swiss guy maybe the article was on under review.
0: No, when the it. article was brought to your attention and mine, I said, "Oh, I just listened to a podcast with this Swiss guy on it." Now, it's true that the podcast I was listening to, Aaron Mate's uh I I I, I would never publicly admit to listening to that podcast cuz that could get me canceled. Um the uh as could having Aaron on my show, which I have done. So yeah, I'm in all kinds of hot water. Yeah, And, and the final thing is, uh, uh,
1: this is the year when uh, the shit hit the fan for ordinary, uh, high-achieving, white students who aren't legacies or athletes in terms of getting into good schools. Mm. Uh, and what's going to happen with that? I mean, it, I don't think we really know, but it, it's worth speculating. And you have numbers, right? No, I don't have numbers. I have oh, I thought uh, you
0: tweeted numbers about this.
1: I have um I have historical numbers about the uh the percentage of of whites who uh are are not in the in the connected legacy categories who get into Harvard. But uh you know, they're basically equal. The the shares at half the whites at Harvard are connected and half the whites aren't, so it's a since the share of whites at Harvard is shrinking. Anyway, that's a pretty small percentage, but uh, it's happening at UC. It's happen- you just hear anecdotal stories. Uh, and I forget what the anecdotal story at Harvard was, but uh, it didn't involve lots of numbers. Uh, anyway. The, okay. Uh, but but it's, 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 it's one of those stories where the rule of three, if you hear one anecdote, okay, two anecdotes, probably a trend, three anecdotes, run with it, right? So they're, they're- three
0: anecdotes is solid social science, yes. Yes. Okay. Anyway, that's me. What about you? Um, I am going to talk in the pair. I am going to talk about going down this whole uh, Scott Ritter, Gonzalo Lira, Victoria Newland rabbit hole. Uh, that leads was, to the odds review too. Which I, I have to say, when I entered the rabbit hole, Gonzalo Lira was not yet missing, and it was really interesting being in the rabbit hole when he was missing. And now he's not missing again, but still it's an, it's an interesting and weird uh story. um i uh I, I may talk a little more about Elon Musk because I listened to this Chris Anderson interview with him, and I hadn't thoroughly appreciated how weird Elon Musk is. I hadn't completely quite completely appreciated that uh i I saw this movie every everything everywhere at the same time, I think is the name of it. I can say a little about that. Now, the Wichita Lineman, you were in Wichita. That led me to start listening to this song. For a while, I couldn't get it out of my head. I'm willing to sing a little bit of it, but I'll leave that to you, Mickey. But the main thing is, when I mentioned it in an email, you had said Jimmy Webb, who wrote that song, is a, quote, weird dude. And I want you to elaborate on that, at a minimum, in the parrot room, not now. I forget why I said that, though. Uh, Okay, well, that was enough. That was enough fulfillment right there. Um, a little more on uh, on golf. A little more on golf. Go- golf and golf and evangelicals. Why are all? Why are so many golfers evangelicals? Um, and uh, I think that's close to all that I have. Um. Why are you smiling, Mickey? You were getting feedback from your parrot. It's the like the parrot is not doing a very
1: good job of singing Seven Nation Army."
0: No, it's like, like Jimmy Hendrix doing this national anthem. Um, so, um, well, that sounds good. Yeah, good enough. So we will um, we will see folks at Patreon.com slash Parrot Room. One more time. Play us um. out, Mickey. Yeah, yeah, I, I, uh, I can name that too. All right, getting better. Uh, almost, well. almost had well to. Ahead. Almost had to. Okay, we'll see.